I've been talking on the weapons of our warfare. We are in part five. And the purpose of this series is to help you win in the realms of the spirit. And then you can see that manifest in the physical. Okay? Every crisis you see in the physical is a battle lost in the spiritual. Okay? So if you see that your marriage is failing, it's a battle lost in the spiritual. If we see your business is failing, it's a battle lost in the spiritual. If we see your finances are failing, it's a battle lost in the spiritual. So to be, if we see any man succeeding physically, successful marriages is a battle won in the spiritual. If we see successful businesses, it's a battle won in the spiritual. So the purpose of this series is to make you a winner spiritually. But it will manifest physically in your life. Amen. And we'll be looking and focusing on the armor of God. So we are looking at the various armor of God, which Paul actually used, the term Paul used to describe the Christian soldier. He used the, the dressing of the Roman soldier to describe the Christian soldier. And we can see. So, number one is the belt of truth. We have dealt with this one. Number one is the belt of truth. Number two is the breastplate of righteousness. Number three is the gospel of peace. Number four is the shield of faith. And we are on number five, which is the helmet of salvation. I'll be doing number five in two parts. I'll be, daily, I'll be introducing this today and I'll conclude it next week. And then, uh, no, next week, next week, um, a friend of mine will be preaching here. Bishop Hattingwood will be preaching on marriage here next week. So the week after, the week after, I would continue and probably end on the first Sunday in December. Then I begin um, my Christmas series from the 10th of December. But this Wednesday, I'm inviting you to join my end of year series. My end of year series this Wednesday, I am preaching on the end, the 21 end of year attitudes that will determine your new year attitudes. So I, I want you to come and join me this Wednesday and let's have a great time. Okay, so today we are talking on the helmet of salvation, how to protect your mind from carnality, how to protect your mind from carnality. The helmet of salvation. How to protect your mind from carnality. Look at, there's a picture on your screen right now. On both online and um, in person here. The scripture on your screen right now. is called the five senses. The five senses. Now, to be able to relate physically. Even though human beings are spiritual beings. Because we live in a physical world, God has given us certain characteristics that can help us relate physically. A set of these characteristics is what we call the four, the five senses. So as you sit right now, we have something we call this, this, the sense of smell. You are able to smell something whether it is, it smells nice or bad. It makes you function well as a human being. 
whether your your perfume is nice or it's not nice and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a when you, you smell good things it excites you isn't it so we have that kind of sense of smell we also have a sense of taste for those of you who chose not to fast this morning but ate before coming your banku has a certain taste you could taste it now and then we also have a sense of touch if somebody touches your body right now you will feel that something is touching you and then we have a sense of vision a sense of sight you can see me i can see you then we have a sense of hearing as i speak now you can hear me now these senses are connected to the brain so when you smell something the brain communicates to you to tell you this thing you are smelling has a nice smell or a bad smell is the brain that tells you is the brain that interprets the thing that you are smelling now it's also the brain that tells you when you are tasting something that it is either sweet bitter too salty there's no salt etc etc I'm, I'm told that as you grow older so i went to kumasi a few years ago and when i was growing up in kumasi when i was a little child there used to be a food called um chinkafa it, 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 it's rice but i mean it's done in a way they, they, they used to use um um inkutoko i can't say what food shea butter or inkutos and it was very very nice so now i go to kumasi about three years ago and i said i want to eat chinkafa they bring chinkafa to me and i didn't like it but when I was a little, my taste, I don't know, maybe my taste glands were different. I really like it. Okay, I guess uh, when you see babies sucking breast, drinking breast milk, you could tell they like it. My son, Nana, so he does, after now he does, when he's eating a, a nice food, you see him shaking his hand, leg like this and singing. When he was a child, he would raise one hand, raise one leg and be sucking mommy's breast. They'll be standing there looking at him and say, this boy, before you finish, I'll have nothing to suck. Hey! <laughs> but I understand some men, so the children really like the taste of breast milk. I was just told recently some men also fight their children over breast milk. Okay, but as you grow, your taste glance changes. Etc. Etc. But the brain communicates to you that this is nice. Now, when somebody touches you, it's the brain that tells you, okay, this touch is good. This is a scorpion touch. This is a snake touch. This is your wife touch. This is your um, husband touch. So, the brain communicates that to you, and then it is the brain that also tells the eyes what you are seeing. Okay. So, I'm seeing Mr. Bonnie here, and I'm seeing black suit. I'm seeing red tie. I'm seeing black shoe. It's the brain that is telling me this is black. Okay. Now you are hearing me. I'm speaking English. I'm talking about it's the brain that is telling you and interpreting the things I'm speaking to you. It's the brain. Now, when your brain dies, you know the brain can die. When your brain dies, you are put on life support system. Because once the brain dies, you are dead. When the brain dies, the brain cannot communicate. In any of these senses, the brain cannot communicate. 
just as your brain can die physically and cannot communicate to you, your brain can also die spiritually and cannot also communicate to you. So for instance, the sense of smell. Now spiritually, we call it discernment of spirit. If you have a sense of smell, spiritual sense of smell, when, when a demon is operating, when, when the presence of an evil spirit comes around you, you can sense it. You know. Your spiritual nose can smell the presence of evil. But if your brain, your spiritual brain is dead, your spiritual brain cannot communicate to you. So you are not able to discern spirits. Are you here? You are not able to discern spirits. Because your spiritual brain is dead. It is your spiritual brain that enables your spiritual ears to hear from God. So like as I'm preaching now, those whose spiritual brains are alive will catch revelation. They will hear God's voice. Those whose spiritual brains are dead, they will say that they don't understand. Nowadays, that doesn't preach well at all. I don't understand. I don't feel. I did not feel the sermon. Or oh, your spiritual brain is dead. Now, it's your spiritual brain that when God is touching you, you know. So sometimes you can come to service like this. There is a worship like what pastor your fair just date. Presence of God is down. The anointing of God is moving. And some people will stand like this. They're looking. They are spiritually, their brain is dead. They can't connect to the spirit of God. And they will say, me, I'm not emotional. Me, I'm not emotional. Me, I'm not emotional. But let them sleep with a woman and see. Those who come before God and say, me, I'm not emotional. Me, I'm not. They chase women like dogs. Yeah! When it comes before God, you are not emotional. When it comes before, when it comes with women, you are emotional. How they can be angry when they are cheated. Somebody cheats them on money. They take their shirts off and fight. And yet when you come before God, I am not emotional. You are dead. You are brain dead. Spiritually, you are brain dead. Some people cannot see into the realms of the spirit. They are blind in the spirit because spiritually, they are brain dead. So I want to show you how your brain dies. Your spiritual brain dies. I want to show you how your spiritual brain dies and why. So next week, I'll show you how to put on the helmet of salvation. Now I'm going to show you how in the absence of the helmet of salvation, how the devil gradually kills your spiritual brain and makes you spiritually brain dead. Amen. Now, there are some people, because I am teaching systematically, they will start sleeping now. 
Do you know why they will start sleeping? Because in the realms of the spirit, they are spiritually brain dead. Now immediately I close this service, they will stand here for two hours talking. They will go home and go and watch a movie. They will sleep now. They will sleep at midnight. But right now, they will be sleeping. Look at the next person. Tell the person, are you the one the bishop is talking about? What a church. What a church. So, I, I, okay, okay. I, are you brain alive? Okay. How many brain alive people are here? Can I hear your loudest amen? Ah, it looks like all the brain alive people are here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let me hear your amen from here. Let me hear your amen from here. What did you just say? <laughs> okay, okay, so let's move on. Then I'm going to show you how Satan gradually kills your brain. Okay? It's just like people taking drugs, drinking alcohol. Your, your brain is gradually being killed. Okay? Your brain is gradually being killed. Your brain is gradually being killed. One day you'll be there, sir, you become like this. Some people in the rest of that, this are the hour. This is their Christian life. I saw my sister. My sister died in her brain before she died physically. And we would go there, talk to her. She won't hear us. She won't feel us. Her eyes were closed. You know, throughout, a few days before she died. You know, and uh, there are people here, they are, that's how it is. They are dead. I mean, they are like this. Now, if God shows you your, your spiritual state, eh, your Christian life, you are like this. Let's pray. You are dead. No, all these sermons are preached here. Even angels will repent. You, you have not repented. Brain dead. Am I describing someone here? What a church. Now look at Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally, carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So in your Christian life, you are either carnally minded or spiritually minded. Now I'm going to show you how you become carnally minded. Okay? When, when I try to define why carnal mind is human, I'm going to show you how you gradually, and Satan is, is a long-term planner. He starts gradually and decides that he's not going to make you go to heaven. And he's going to work gradually to ensure that you don't make heaven. By making you a carnal Christian. And carnality begins in the mind. So people are asking, that is so, what is this carnally minded thing? What is carnality? I want to show you. I want to show you. So to be carnally minded is death. It means what I've just described to you. Your brain cannot respond to God's things. You are, when it comes to things of God, you are brainless. When it comes to chasing women, you are smart. 
When it comes to cheating people, you are smart. When it comes to gossiping, you are smart. When it comes to manipulation, you are smart. When it comes to setting confusion among people, you are smart. The things your brain can develop when it comes to evil is amazing. Even Satan claps for you. Satan will look at you and say, but when it comes to spiritual thing, things, you are brainless. You can't quote one scripture. You will never make a statement without... You, I mean, you cannot make statement and refer to God in your statement. I'll show you how Satan gradually, nicely brings you to that position. Mark 4, 18 and 19, from the New International Version of the Scripture. Hear this. Still others, Jesus was talking about a farmer going out to sow his seed. Some fell on good soil, some fell on the rocks, some fell among tongues, some falling among other things. Now, here. Still others, like seed sown among tongues, hear the word. Hear the word. We are all hearing the word. Hear the word. But the worries of this life. One. The worries of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires for other things. Come in and choke the word. Making it unfruitful. <laughs> now. It is the word of God that makes your mind spiritual. Spiritually minded. You cannot be spiritually minded without God's word. So anytime I preach like this and you hear God's word like this, when you live here, Satan attempts to take that word from your mind. Take it from your mind so you don't understand it. And you know how he does it? He chose the word of God, number one, with the worries of this life. Number two, with the deceitfulness of, of wealth. Number three, with desires. You see, like, the year is ending, eh? There are some of you, Satan has already succeeded in choking your mind. In choking the word of God in your mind. You, you, you have forgotten everything I have preached. And you are beginning to worry that the year is ending and you did not marry. The year is ending and you did not make big money. The year is ending and you have no job, you have no business. And other things. The devil is choking God's word. You have forgotten all the 50 something weeks or 40 something weeks that has passed. All the sermons I've preached. All the powerful revelations I've shared here. That can change your life. But the devil is using the worries of the world, the worries of life, to choke God's word. And that's the way he does it. That's the way he does it. The deceitfulness of wealth. I want money. I don't have money. I want money. And for some people, eh, the whole world revolves around money. If they don't have money, they'll be sick today. I'm telling you.
Let me tell you how poor people, for, for, for a poor person, eh, money is cash. For a rich man, money is everything that has monetary value. I watched an interview of Dangote, the richest, I think the richest African, eh? You see, the richest African? Eh? A Dangote was urged. He was talking to one of the richest men in Africa too. And he said, do you have money on you now? He said, no. You'll be surprised that I walk around without having money. I walk around without having money. When, right now, when we search people's pockets right now, it is the poorest of the poor that will have to be carrying about 1,000 CDs in their pocket, 2,000 in their pocket, 3,000 in their pocket, 5,000 in their bag. Because for the poor, money is cash. For the rich, money is not cash. It's, listen, there is no, when you go to a rich man and you ask him, can, I, can you give me $10,000? He will tell you, give me some time. And you will be disappointed. Oh, this man is a wicked man. Who, their monies are more into anything that has monetary value. See, some of you are here. Life is, cannot be compared to any wealth. Anywhere in the world, God has given you. But because you don't have money, God has been ungracious to you. Oh, you, you, you get it? Because you don't have money. Can, can you sell a human being? You know, when you sell a human being, you'll be arrested. What is happening to the light? If you want to put it off, it's okay. You can put it off. Is it, are they suffering brain dead? Are you here? Can you buy a human being? You cannot. You'll be arrested. Because every human being is far above money. And what makes you a human being? Life. And right now as you sit here, you have life. But because you don't have a car, you think God has not been good to you. Mm -mm. Okay? Now, that is the way Satan operates. Satan will let you focus on the things that are not important. Sometimes Satan will let you focus on the things that you don't have than the things that you have. Now, I want to show you something that happened to me as a young pastor when I came out of Bible school. Now, look at this, look at this design. I've shared it here before. I realized at one point when I came out of Bible school, fresh from the Bible school, I realized that I had become a very confused young pastor. And anytime I went before the Lord to pray, my mind was wandering around. I wanted to be a sign and a wonder. But I cannot become a wonder if my mind wonders. Wonders. That, 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 or wonders. Whatever you want to pronounce it. W-A-N-D-E-R. My mind wonders when I'm in the presence of God. I'll be thinking about something else. Whilst in the presence of God, my mind will be going around thinking about something else. You hear me praying, you know, I'll be praying. When you are outside my room and you hear me praying, you'll be impressed. But my mind was wondering. Like how some of you are standing here right now, your mind is somewhere whilst I'm preaching. 
Then the Lord, whilst I was preaching, the Lord sent an angel into my room. And the angel said, and usually, this is the way I see angels. They say, presence. Presence will just come. I will know that somebody is with me. Somebody I just entered here. Sometimes in my prayer, I will hear a door even bang. I will hear a window just, and then I know an angel has come. Then the angel begins to speak to me in my mind. So the angel of the Lord said, take a piece of paper. Draw your head. So I took a piece of paper, drew my head. Then the angel said to me, now everything in your head that you've been thinking about, write them down. I wrote them down in the head. So now apportion percentages to them to reflect how it takes your attention. Marriage, 40%. Me, I've loved marriage since I was young. 22-year-old boy. Marriage, 40% has engaged my mind. 40%. I was a virgin. I wanted to sleep with a woman. But I was a good Christian. So I couldn't catch a sister in the corner and sleep with that sister. So... 40% I want to marry. The ministry, young pastor, instead of thinking about ministry, 20%. And then, accommodation, I don't even have a place to sleep on, 10%. Then, my family, I've always been committed to my family. Once a young man was paying my sibling school fees, 12%. And then friends, if I'm suffering like this, why would I be thinking about friends? 8%. And then finance. The person who is looking at all this thing, my thought about finance was 3%. Because, you know, I was hoping that God would touch somebody to bless me. Recently, I just telling someone that instead of God blessing someone to buy me a car, God blesses me directly and I buy my own car. <laughs> you, you, you understand? It's a level of blessing. It's a level of blessing. It's a level of blessing. Okay. Now, so I realized, when I gave all these percentages, then I realized that it was level 2%. So I was saying down, this 2%, what, 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 what? The angel said, it is God. It is God. The angel said, you see, at this stage of your Christian life, God only gets 2% of your attention. In fact, there are people sitting here right now, God actually gets negative 2%. Now, I'm telling you, you have gone throughout the whole week without thinking about God. You haven't read your Bible. You haven't prayed. You haven't, you haven't thought about um, um, sinners who must accept Jesus. You haven't thought about church. You haven't thought about any of these things. Any of these things. God does not exist. In your mind, he's not part of your thinking equation. No! Marriage, money, house, wealth, the worry. So Satan was choking God's word in my mind with the worries of this world. With the worries of this world. Now, can we my team, can you move to, to slide 27? Let me show them something before I move on. Then God and the angel of the Lord said to me, take all these things off your mind. Focus on God and God will supply the rest. Now, 
This is where God wants all of us to come. And look at this scripture. Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust, who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. When your thoughts are fixed on God, God gives you perfect peace. You're not afraid. From that time when God told me, let me be on your mind 100%. Focus on me. Focus on me. Focus on me. When God told me, focus on me. I will take care of the rest. I have enjoyed peace of mind all these years. 30 years of marriage and we are still caught in. You know why? What of us? Our focus is on God. We have fixed our thoughts on God. We, we, there's not a day we haven't prayed or we have not studied the word of God or we are not taught about church or we are not planning something about evangelism or I'm not planning a program that relates to the kingdom of God. I'm so burdened to build a bigger temple for the Lord. That anyone who calls me about big land anywhere, I'm driving. I don't even sleep. When you call me, if it's midnight, I'll drive and come and see. I said, get all my cars ready. Put them down. Add mommy's car. Add everybody's car. If I get a mega place I cannot afford, we have to sell everything to go and get it. That is how addicted I am on my focus on God. On my focus on God. Because you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. And the devil knows it. That's why you can't even focus in church for 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Your WhatsApp must come for you to answer. You must go somewhere on Facebook. I'm wondering why you are on Facebook when you are in the service and watching the service on Facebook. You know why? You are just addicted to Facebook. I'm preaching. You are reading people's comments on Facebook and thinking that oh, because it, I'm on church's Facebook, I am fine. No, 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 no. Your, your concentration on God's things are very low. When you go back home, eh, do what I did. Draw your hair. And put all the things going through your mind. In your head. And be honest. And see where God is. I said, some of you, you will see that the last one month, you have not thought of God. You have not deliberately taken your time to read. You know, sometimes, sometimes we even declare fasting and prayer without thinking about God. It's about us. I'm going through problems. So I'm fasting and praying. It's about us. Now, let me show you. Can we go back to and follow the sermon now? So, so, so this is what Satan does to make you carnal. He puts all these things in your mind. Put them in your mind. And now your, your focus begins to shift from God. Now you begin to shift from God. You begin to shift from God. And now you are focusing on your problems. You are focusing on yourself. This is where the problem starts. Are you here? Romans 8 verse 5. Look at this. Romans 8 verse 5. 
those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And those who live according in, in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So, so either your mind is set on what the spirit desires and the Holy Ghost is talking to you every day as a Christian telling you what to do you are, you are coming to usher in church. How many hours did you pray? Was your focus? Did the Holy Ghost tell you how this service was going to go? Did the Holy Ghost tell you how, who is going to come to the service and how greeting that person, shaking that person, you can impart the person? Did the Holy Ghost tell the choristers the kind of song they should sing and how the Holy Ghost wants his presence, wants the anointing to come? Did they come here with a desire for the Holy Ghost? Were their minds set on the things of the Spirit? The protocol officers standing out there, are they talking or they are hearing the word? Did they come to church to stand out and talk? Or they come with their minds set on the spirit. Lord, I'm going before you. When I stand out there and I'm directing the traffic, anybody I smile to, let the Holy Ghost minister to that person. Are we doing these things spiritually or we are doing it canon? Would the choristers say that because I don't have a new shoe, I won't come on stage to sing? Is it about flesh or about the spirit? How did you come to service today? What was your mind when you were coming to service? Did you have in mind that I'm coming to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and I will leave the service the same. Oh, you just came. My friends are coming. I must be there with them. So, now, let me show you the two sets of minds. Set number one is what we are always doing. The carnally minded. Mind is set on what the flesh desires. So, the flesh desires some things. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like this. You see, when you are carnally minded, these are the things in your mind. Sexually immoral They are all running through your mind. Envy, jealousy, anger, resentment, division. Are running through your mind and that's why you do there's nothing spiritual about your thinking you are always envious of someone if you see the person you can't stand if your mind is set on God you are peace of mind you don't you don't envy people this is how the devil can drag you down and make you spiritually mindedly dead Now, now, and the second set, which I'll talk about next week, is the spiritually minded. Mindset on what the spirit desires. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces. 
this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, wow. And these are the things that will occupy your mind if you are spiritually minded. Are you here? Now, the doctors are struggling to deal with, the, with issues of, of, of high blood pressure. Please, they should, they should come. Let's tell them. We'll tell them that it's coming out of jealousy, um, enviousness. People, people are carnally minded, envious of people. And the enviousness is killing you. Bitterness, anger is killing you. Okay, now, if your mind is set on fleshly things, it becomes the carnal mind. And then it becomes very weak. Your mind becomes very weak. Anything can happen. I just want to conclude by showing you types of carnal minds. Types of carnal minds. Are you following me? What a church. Is somebody sleeping? Is, is a carnally minded Christian sitting beside you? Look at the next person. Ask the person, are you a carnally minded Christian? If we are not asking, you are a carnally minded Christian. Ask. Ask the person, are you a carnally minded Christian? Say, hey. What a church. The first mind, the first sign that you, you, have, you are carnally minded is that your mind is easily poisoned. Your mind is easily poisoned. Acts 4, 14 verse 2. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Poisoned their minds against the brothers. So, so how does people poison your mind? Look, to make someone, so to poison a mind is to make someone believe unpleasant things about another person that are not true. Sister, brother, listen, listen, listen. There are many people in church who are Satan's agents. You have heard so many unpleasant things about people you don't even know. People you have not spoken to before. People you have not been in this church and you dislike them. You hate them. But you have not even spoken to before. Your mind has been poisoned. Satan has used someone to poison your mind. Be careful people who talk to you. Satan can whisper things to you about other people and will succeed in poisoning your mind. In the scripture I just read, there were Gentiles who, who didn't believe what Paul and Paul were teaching and they stirred up people against them. Like all these things going around. Listen, I was talking to someone recently about how the West responded to COVID by helping the churches. There were, there were in, in, at least I know about the UK, there were pastors that the government was paying. How many months did government pay salaries in the UK, including pastors? Almost a year. And I, I had pastor friends that government was paying. Do you know in the UK, in the UK, government gives church, churches money. Yeah. For every offering you get, government gives you a percentage to top it up. Because they see churches as collaborators in developing. One of my daughters in their church, 
did something in the youth, in the community for the youth. The, the, the mayor of that city first saw the handbills in the called her and said, listen, what you are doing, we want to support you. What we are doing, we want to support you. But I see in this country, eh, in this country, and all of you were part of it. All of you were part of it. They say, what are the churches doing? We should turn, we should turn their churches into isolation centers. When there were hospitals, that government has refused to open because another government built it. Why are the pastors not helping? Why are the pastors not helping? When government was helping other people, other churches to help, in this country, people's minds were poisoned against pastors. Were poisoned against pastors. Less than 15% of people who go to church pay tithe. Yeah, they say, hey, we are received all the time. Let me tell you this. There are a lot of pastors who are using their... I know a pastor friend of mine who left his church for three months to go and preach in the U.S. and in, in Europe just to raise offerings to come and roof his chapel. When he came, half of the church have gone. And those bodies he raised, he could have used it to sponsor his children abroad to study. I know pastors in their early 40s and 50s who are all suffering from hypertension and diabetes. Stress. They are working hard to make sure. They, they are not putting money. That's why most pastors' children today don't want to become pastors. Have my friends who are, who are calling me to find jobs for their sons. Nicely educated young men. No, no, no. I've seen the way my father suffered. And I've seen how the church, church's mind has been poisoned against them. And therefore, me, I won't be involved. I've seen how my mother has been weeping because of the way church treated her. You know, and there is a whole media campaign poisoning people's mind against the church. And again, now if you want to build the church in the community, hey, we don't want the church here. The church is business. It's demonic poisoning of the mind. And all of you, you get involved. All of you. The pastors are not helping. The pastors, are you paying taxes? You are paying 25% of your income to government. And when COVID came, you turned on the church. You turned on the church because the media has succeeded in poisoning your minds against the very place where you worship. You are allowing your siblings and brothers, your sisters, to poison your mind against your husband and against your wife. Hey, these people watch them all. These people watch them all. Hey, your in-laws watch them all. Hey, your this thing watch them all. It is the poisoning of the mind. It is the poison of the mind. They are going to pay tithe. What, what did they use the tithe for? It is the poison of the mind. Hey, your boss has made all the money. Look at the way you are suffering in this company. I've taught you here already that you don't get what you observe. You get what you deserve. And your mind will be poisoned. I know young pastors who left churches and they have gone and they have died because their minds were poisoned by people in the church. A senior pastor offended me and one of the leaders in the church who was a financier who eats together with my senior pastor then called me and told me, what are you doing here? This man is a bad man. I have built a house somewhere he mentioned the place, somewhere in race course. Um, La Paz area. I'm not moving in now. Go there with your wife. I'll sponsor you. Start a church. 
and he would come to church on Sunday and sit on front row and was poisoning my mind against my senior pastor. But you know why some of our minds cannot be poisoned? Because we are spiritually minded. If you are carnally minded, they can easily poison your mind. Let's go to the next one. They can easily poison your mind. Now, depraved mind. Depraved mind. This is a very dangerous mind. Romans 1.28. Furthermore, just as they did, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what, is, what ought not to be done. A depraved mind is an immoral mind. Immoral mind. Today, there are lesbians and homosexuals hanging around in our churches. And they want us to accept that it's a normal life. That's how I said, There are girls in church, there are girls in church who are sleeping with women they call auntie and mommy. They are sleeping with their husbands and they are in church. Then when they close church, they'll come to their, mommy, can I carry your bag? He's carrying your husband, not your bag. And for your bag, I'm telling you, they have depraved mind, depraved mind. Sexually immoral. Sexually immoral. In their mind, when it comes to immorality, they are psychopaths. They are crazy. Everybody is quiet. What a church. Hey! Yeah, a lot of bad. Listen, 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 brother, brother. Brother, the sister that is forcing you to sleep with me, but I'll miss you, my, my breast is here, and all those things. That sister is not afraid of the oil on you. That sister has a depraved mind. That brother who is not married to you and is sleeping with you and treating you like a prostitute, depraved mind. People sitting here cheating on their wives, cheating on their husbands. They are here. All of them are looking at my faces right now. They have depraved mind. They are heading to hell straight. Unless they repent. I'm telling you. Heard a story of a young pastor who went to a Bible school abroad. In the Bible, there was a lady, an American lady who knows how to baba hair. Started babbling the hairs of the guys. And this pastor from Africa attempted to kiss the lady. The lady slapped him and reported. You know what he said? He went to lie that in Africa. In Africa, when a woman babbles a man's hair, it means the woman is in love with the man. In the African culture, is this depraved mind? Well, listen, when people have depraved mind, eh? When when a man has a depraved mind, when he smiles, say, hey, this girl likes me. Depraved mind. They even think people's wives like them. Hey, the way mommy greeted me, dear, I think mommy likes me. Depraved mind. Hey! No, no, no. There's also a story in my spiritual father. Spiritual father is a very good man, very good man. A lady. Our church was then around Kwame Nkrumah Circle, where at that time, every transport you, you get from there, usually came from Western region. And one Sunday, entered our chapel on Bath, on Kemp. 
said the mother is dead, the father is dead. She just left Western Ridge to come and look for greener pastures in Accra. And she has come to the church. That same day, my spiritual father put that lady in their house. So small, you know that lady? Small apartment. A very good man in the church heard the story. So he decided every Sunday he's coming to church, brings an envelope to the girl, or buys the girl, oh, buy the girl provisions and all those things. The girl soon became our friend, but we were all young. And the girl started telling us that the man was chasing her. We were all, we were very, very surprised the man could do that. And the evidence, you, you, you look at this Sunday, use this Sunday. They will close the church, the man will call. And the man's wife was in the car. The man would give her money. The man, the rumor went on and the man's wife heard it. Hey, you are cheating on me. The man said, me, for what reason? Why would I cheat on you? Eventually, everything was called. The girl, has he proposed love to you? No. So why are you saying the man is in love? The way he looks at me. The way he gave, if he's not in love with me, why would he give me this? That is a depraved mind. That is a depravity. It's a depravity to just sit down and assume that this person likes me. And a lot of people here, you do the same. You do the same. Well, later on when we are getting married and boys, boys will talk. And then somebody will say, hey, did you know that that sister in that fellowship really liked you? We didn't know. Because to the pure, all things are pure. So when our sisters come to us and they are even serving us, we don't think that these sisters are serving us because they like us. We don't, oh, brothers and sisters, to the pure, all things are pure. To the impure, everything is impure. Right now, if you close service and I give a sister a lift here, a brother that is impure in the mind, who is depraved in the mind, will say, hey, daddy. Daddy, they go flood this sister. Oh, daddy, they go flood this sister. Because your mind is depraved. You will do it. All the sisters who come to you for help. You sleep with them before. One brother, one pastor went. Okay, so. There was a girl who liked that pastor. And the relationship didn't work. Pastor got married to another person. Then. The pastor lived in a compound house. They put in the compound house, collected that time. Everybody used one meter, collected electricity bill, gave it to the pastor to go and pay. The pastor was in some hardship, used the money. Electricity came to disconnect them. The, company, they were, they were, the house was disconnected. And the people in the house, they were waiting for the pastor to come home. So their wife came to wait for the pastor at the, some junction. When the pastor arrived, at the gym, the wife said, where? Where are you going? This one is not spiritual warfare. It's physical warfare. <laughs> the, the people are waiting for you in the house. So the pastor became stranded. couldn't go home. And remember that, okay, this girl, let me go and ask, see whether I can get money. Going to this girl. I mean, nice, decent pastor. Charlie, I'm in trouble. I can't go home if you don't help me. The lady went to the bedroom, brought the amount of money the pastor was looking for, Put it on the center table. Say, this is the money. Kiss me and take. I'm telling you. And this is a believer who was singing in the church choir. And we used, used to carry water for her pastor. For her pastor. A lady carrying water for her pastor. 
He's telling another pastor who has a wife, this is the money. I'm putting it here. Depravity of the mind. Kiss me and take. <laughs> Some of you, eh? Can make kiss quick. When we want to sin, that now we understand God's mind. Even God knows. Even God understands. The bravity of the mind, Abodambo. Look at young ladies sitting here. Young ladies here. You live, you live on men. Men, you sleep with men to give you money. One day when you have found a lover, and your history will come up. History will come up. Kill that depravity in your mind. Kill it. Be spiritually minded. Or else you'll be destroyed. Okay? As a man thinks, so you see. You will eventually become what you allow to occupy your mind. Your mind is too powerful to play with. Okay? Am I preaching to someone here? Am I preaching to someone here? I'm so committed to seeing you go to heaven that I can't preach any sugar-coated sermon. Yeah. All of I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you in heaven. How will you go somewhere else? Sister, I want to see you in heaven. You, I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you in heaven. You, I want to see you in heaven. You, I want you. You, I want you. I want to see all of you in heaven. So I'm dealing with the depravity of your mind. Oh, you go to hell. I love SU. SU. I'm tormented. I'm tormented in the frame. Come and dip your finger in the water. Zona. I'm tormented in the. You know, I can't sing the song straight. I'm tormented, I'm tormented in the flame. We used to do that too. Come and keep your finger in the water. Come and put on my tongue. I'm tormented in the flame. Today we don't sing this song. We don't sing this song. We're happy. Hey! Then you come. Then you're dancing like this. The sisters are doing like this. Hey, hey, hey. The brothers are following. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Depravity of the mind. Okay, so the unspiritual mind. Colossians 2.18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility here and the worship of angels disqualify you here. Such a person, not here, also goes into great detail about what they have seen. What they are puffed up they are puffed out with ideal notions by their unspiritual mind. Let me tell you this. So that when people are superstitious, they think they are spiritual. I saw something. I saw something. You are always seeing things, oh, but you are not seeing anything positive. Last time I saw a grave. And your name was written on the grave. Please look again. It's not my name. It's your name. <laughs> Daddy, I saw something in the church. There was a big horn. 
on the church altar. So all this prayer I prayed for angels to come on this altar. It is, it, it is horn that you saw. You, you, you know why? It's not like horns cannot be on, I, I mean, we can be attacked. But I'm telling you that if every time you see something, and then you push some face, and those people, and when you see them, you think they are very spiritual. They come to church, eh? Wearing muzzy. You will not even see. I mean, this thing I've seen, if I say it, if, see, this church, they don't encourage revelation. They don't encourage prophecy. So if I say it, the bishop may be angry. And then they make themselves like victims. But you, I know that, I know that you understand these things, you see. I was praying. I was praying and I saw the bishop walking naked. See? And whilst, whilst he was going naked, whilst he was going naked, I saw house flies following. We have to, we have to pray for our bishop. Oh. This is an unspiritual mind who is operating with a false spirit operating with superstition and entering into witchcraft. Me want to be naked. Nonsense. My boss, sorry, I'm say three piece. Naked, now be home. What a church. What a church. Okay. Number five, corrupt mind. Corrupt mind. Number four, corrupt mind. I'll end at five. Corrupt mind. Corrupt mind. First Timothy 6 verse 5. And constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. All this prayer we are praying in Ghana, Father save our city, Father save our destiny. Until we pray against people of corrupt mind controlling our country finances, we will, not, we will not go anywhere. If you have corrupt minded people running your country, prepare to go down. I'm telling you. Prepare to go down and you will go down spectacularly. I hear people, let's fast, let's fast for the country. Let's fast for the finances of the country. I believe in the prayer, but the prayer topics are, are wrong. We should be praying for that. Kill them and yeah, this anybody who has a corrupt mind. I'm not saying that somebody has a corrupt mind. I'm saying that anybody with a corrupt mind who is benefiting from the, for, for the depreciation of the city. May they die. Their children's children, may they perish. Because people are dying on hospital floors. Then we are going around. Father, save the city. Save the city. In whom I ask? Because we know, we know that there is a deliberate attempt. People are benefiting from the fall of the city. And there are people also with corrupt mind in our puppets. There are pastors who are raising money for things that they don't put in. Today, 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 when services are closed, there are pastors who will put an offering into their car boots and drive away. 
and drive away. I'm telling you. There are also people of corrupt minds in church. Who just sense to go and buy things? They, they inflate. They inflate. If, if, listen, if you steal God's money, if you steal God's money, he will kill you. But I'm telling you. Finally, the deceived mind. Romans 16, 18. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus, but their own appetite. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. There are a lot of very naive people in the body of Christ today. People with flattery tongue are deceiving them. They don't like pastors like us. By the year is ending, we are in November. I should be preaching. It's going to be well. It's going to be well. You will end this year better. I should be preaching that sermon. But me, I'm not, I can't flatter you. The guns have something they use before they cook the kinky. It's called a flatter. I am not a flatter. So I can't flatter you. I must present to you the whole counsel of God. This thing I'm teaching you, eh, if you obey them and walk by them, you don't need a pastor to tell you that the end of the year will be better than the beginning. Because it is an automatic thing that happens. God works with principles. And when you follow those principles, things happen. If he says, if you stay your minds on him and you focus on him, face your mind on him, he will give you peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom means wealth, health. It includes all. It includes all. Yeah, yeah. Good health, wealth, everything. It's inside shalom. So if you face your mind on me, I will give you shalom. I will give you shalom. But your mind is far away. So you don't have shalom. And now you want me to come and stand here and say, the end of the year will be, me, I know the end of this year will be better. You know why? Because the Bible says, if I face my mind on him, mark a God-fearing man. For the end of that man is peace. My end will be peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for joining us in this service. Give the Lord praise, every one of you. Give him praise. Next week, we will look at the, the spiritual mind and I'll show you the five spiritual minds. And then, come again. Next two weeks, next two weeks. Then I'll show you how to put on the helmet of salvation. Next week. But right now, put your two hands on your head. Pray. God spoke to you whilst I was preaching. Whatever you heard God telling you, use that one to pray right now.
Just pray. Talk to him. Ask him to take over. Give yourself away. of your word give us light and give us understanding to the simple. Let your word bring us light. Let your word bring us understanding. We thank you Lord in Jesus name.